Max, let's go. We're done here. Mistress, I appreciate your time. However, it is of no importance, so we shall be on our way. Now, oh, now, wait a minute. Hold on, wait a minute. I know about the fall of Rome. I was there. I made it happen. I know enough about it to know it has no bearing on anything. It's ancient history. Good day, mistress. A pleasure as always. Max. Oh, such agitation, pale man. If I didn't know you better, I'd say you were afraid. If I didn't know you better, I'd say you were a- Byron! Wait. Look. I don't know what you two have, had, whatever your thing was, but this may have something to do with what was left on my doorstep, remember? Maybe the mistress here has some insight into what happened in the past that you didn't. That could be helpful to us now. All I know is that, right now, we're here. We may as well find out what that journal has to say. It wouldn't hurt, right? Your pet maggot has a point. Pet maggot? Byron, I don't like this woman. At all. Did I ask you to speak? Do not speak to her that way. And what exactly are you going to do about it? I should become very cross. Huh, good, the pale man. This is the side of you I remember. I had feared it was lost. Not that I would let you leave anyway, but it's nice my men won't have to rip your limbs from your body to stop you. The year was 476. Back then I was still human. An empress, no less. Married to the Emperor Romulus Augustus, ruler of the mighty Roman Empire. Our power extended across the known world, at least so it seemed. Sure, a barbarian or two might come from the north or east attempting to prove their worth, but we had the greatest military in the world to stop them. Quite literally, we owed this force of nature to our pale friend here. He didn't call himself Byron then. No. He referred to himself as Longinus. Wait, I know that name. It was in this really bad TV show with Heath Ledger in it. He was the guy that killed Jesus with a spear. Wait. Did you kill Jesus? No. However, if you stand close enough to the Almighty, there's a good chance you'll get entangled in his mythology. Christ was already dead when the real Longinus stabbed his spear into his side. According to legend, he was either cursed or blessed with immortality, depending on how you looked at it. Gosh, did, did you know him? No. But at the time, it seemed too good a coincidence to pass up. It gave me enough credit to be listened to by the highest officials in the Empire, and enough explanation so that I wasn't questioned as to why as the years passed I didn't seem to age. Wait, you're immortal? Not exactly, but I have a very long lifespan, or did until recently. Back then, Longinus served as our head commanding officer, having spent generations teaching our troops tactics that were unparalleled in battle. It's hard to say if we would have become the great nation we were had it not been for the pale man's guidance. Now that is true entertainment. You'd not think so, my dear. In a word, no. These games are primitive and pointless. I don't know why you spend so much of our nation's resources on these... things. 
The gladiatorial games are to entertain the people. It gives them something to focus upon other than the day's hardships. Something to stand up, something to cheer for. Oh, did you see that? Oh, my gladiator's taking the barbarian down. Just as he did with the others, but then he's in armor and has a sword. The barbarians have nothing but what? Old animal skins? What sort of defense can you mount with them? Not very sporting, is it? I await your command, my emperor. You allow this fool to live, or shall I dispatch him? You fought well, gladiator. I shall see to it personally. You have much drink and any woman of your choice from the brothel. But as for this creature, it's but a barbarian. Have it removed from my sight. Kill it at once. As my emperor commands. And there goes another one. That's ten of the day. He must be so proud. At least you can try and look as though you're enjoying yourself. For my sake. <sighs> Fine. But only for your sake. Ah. Killed another one, did he? How many does that make today? Nine? Ten, actually. And it's about time you turned up. I was beginning to think you weren't going to show. I apologize for my lateness, but my attention was required elsewhere. Romulus, we need to talk. Not now, Longinus. Can you see the games are on? Sit down. Enjoy yourself. It's not really my thing, you know. Once you've seen a gladiator kill someone, you've seen it all. Romulus, something is... happening. <sighs> With you, it's always something happening. What sort of something is it this time? It's not those blasted evil wheels of cheese again, is it? I never thought we were going to see the end of that. No, nothing like that. To be honest, I'm not certain. It's just a feeling. Just a feeling? What is it you expected me to do? Put our troops on alert because you have a feeling? <laughs> Tell you what, my pale friend. I'll have some troops sent out to scout for any possible threats. Will that calm your nerves? It's a start. Hmm. Now that is strange. What is it now, Longinus? I thought your gladiator was supposed to kill the barbarian. It's what I commanded him to do. And he's done a very poor job of it. If you'll excuse me. Puzzled by Longinus's words, I looked towards the center of the arena, and sure enough, I got to see exactly what Centurion was talking about. Despite being disemboweled, the sword plunged deeply into his gullet. The body of the barbarian continued to move, his legs caught in spasms, his head twitching from side to side. It almost looked as if he were trying to get up, fighting against the blade that's now pinned him to the ground. But before I could look any closer, the gladiator ripped his sword from the barbarian's body and plunged it deep into his head. And that put an end to that. I'd spent the evening carrying out my unconventional pleasures at the brothel not far from the palace. While it was looked down upon for an empress to take her place among the whores, it wasn't unheard of. And believe me, 
Watching a senator try to explain how the rope marks got around his neck to his colleagues on the Senate floor was worth every ounce of consternation and judgment that came my way. It was not quite dawn when I finally staggered back to the palace, blissfully coming down from the night surges of adrenaline and wine. That's when I noticed Longinus standing in the atrium. His face, the mask of a stoic, he stared at nothing, gravely lost in thought. Longinus? Ah, Empress, forgive me. I didn't hear you approach. What are you doing here? It's the middle of the night. I've never known you to be much of a stargazer. At times, watching the stars relaxes me, but not so much tonight. If you'll excuse me, Empress, I'll be on my way. Stay, Longinus. I know that look. It's the same one I saw at the gladiatorial games today. Something troubles you. What is it? <sighs> I'm certain of late. I've been having these visions. What? Do you mean visions? Flashes of futures to come. You mean prophecies? Possibly. It's hard to know. Like I said, they come only as flashes. Fire raging through the streets. The screams of people as their friends and relatives rip the flesh from their very bones. The entire empire collapsing around itself. When they started it was only on the odd occasion. Now... Now they've become too frequent to ignore. Rome collapsing? Now I know you speak folly. We are Rome, Longinus. We are the entire world. The entire world cannot fall. If we could survive the fires of Nero and the reign of Emperor Caligula, we can survive anything. You worry over nothing. Go to bed, Longinus. Or if you're going to stay up, make yourself useful. You know... Empress Messalina spent an entire day eating through young men in an attempt to appease her insatiable appetite. I'm sure we could do better. Good night, Empress. I watched the pale man walk out of the atrium, back towards his room, I suspected. With no energy to follow, I staggered in the direction of my own quarters. As I leaned against the wall, waiting for the room to stop spinning, I took note of two of my servants speaking in a fearful tone to one another. In the few words I was able to pick up, bitten and sick stood out most. I considered asking them what had put them in such a frightful state, but it was late, and I was tired. I went to my chambers and to bed. Zombies. It was zombies, right? Zombies were what caused Rome to fall. I thought the same thing at first, but... No, Max. They were not zombies. But the barbarian, hello, he was still alive after the gladiator gutted him. It took a blow to the head to kill him and the people getting sick from people biting them. If it wasn't zombies, then what was it? Something far worse was making its way into our world. What had happened to the barbarian and the others was just foreshadow for what was coming. All right, then what was it? Something that was coming through to Earth from another place. Something truly evil. Evil? Oh look, the maggot has gone confused. Not surprising. Ugh, I swear, if you call me maggot one more time... Max, now is not the time. All will become clear soon enough. Go on, mistress. Finish your tale. 
The next afternoon, I stumbled into the courtyard, the wine from the previous night now taking its revenge on my mind. The troops that Longinus had had dispatched were returning, and Romulus always insisted on my presence at such events. But this day wouldn't be like any normal dispatch. The troops had brought... something back. Securely chained to the eastern wall was what looked to have been one of the Visigoths from the north. His left arm was rotted to the bone, maggots scurrying in and out of the open wound. What was left of his skin was covered in tattered animal skins, stained with blood and... something else I couldn't recognize. Pieces of flesh hung from his skull and his eyes were nothing more than two hollows. Yet despite his grotesque appearance of death, the man miraculously growled and thrashed against the chains he wore. As we approached, though, his body went into an icy calm. It was as if he could sense our very presence. And you're saying they're all like this? Yes, my lord. Every village we came upon was beset by creatures such as this. Hundreds of them. My men put them all down, though. A blow to the head was all that was needed to stop them permanently. Destroying the brain, just like before. You've seen something like this before, Longinus? Once, long time ago, a man called Lazarus, but he is being held by those who watch. If he had escaped, I would have known. <laughs> the barbarian laughed at this, a low, guttural howling that chilled me to my core. In the holes where his eyes should have been, an eerie fire glowed, as though lit with the flames of Tartarus itself. He glared at each of us, as though able to look into our very souls. <laughs> Lazarus. <laughs> the Nazarene's botched experiment to reanimate the dead. <laughs> oh, my dear pale man. You have been naive. You know me? No. But I do know of you. Are you the one causing the dead to come back? The dead are not coming back. They are but empty shells. Once the soul was removed, they became but puppets of my will. So they're nothing but extensions of you? Yes. Who are you? Grow a tone. Grow a tone? Wait, I've heard that name before, I think. I think it's something to do with a colony or something? The Roanoke Colony. They settled in 1585 in what would become North Carolina. But every member of the colony vanished without a trace. However, they found the word Croatoan carved into the side of a tree just outside the colony walls. So it was the same guy? I've never been able to find out. But yes, I believe so. So that... yeah, that... that's creepy. So... what happened next? Do you know this creature, Longinus? No. No, I've never heard of it before. Yet I have heard of you. The ancient one who turned during the Great War, and the one who betrayed his allies and saw them cast into perdition flames. Perdition? Great War? what on earth is he talking about? A conflict from long ago, very long ago. Were you part of the war? 
No. But I have spent many eons warring against others. All have fallen before me. All have become part of my being. Why are you here now? The boundaries between this realm and mine are failing. In moments, it will shatter, and I shall be able to come through in force. I will expand my being here. To what purpose? I intend to make this realm become part of my being as well, as I have done with many others. This Roman Empire that you helped forge and guided all these centuries, it will soon be raised to the ground. <laughs> you try and sack Rome with an army of the dead? <laughs> we have the strongest army the world has ever known. Even if you attack with thousands, we would be more than a match for your forces. Which is why your forces will aid me in the end. Aid you? <laughs> your brain is rotten as the rest of you? Our army would never betray the Emperor. But they won't be your army much longer. Before I could reply, the ground violently began to shake, as though the earth were trying to rip itself apart. I, like many others, was knocked off my feet, and narrowly missed being crushed by a fallen pillar from the palace. The guard standing next to me wasn't so lucky. From the crumbling earth, a demonic roar emanated. A light began to shine so brightly that it felt like I was looking into the sun itself, and a wave of heat rolled over the courtyard, burning my skin as it did so. It all ended moments after it had begun. The silence almost as terrifying as the deafening screams that had filled the air seconds before. As I glanced at everyone's shocked faces, my eyes fell upon the pale man. So this time, he was far paler than usual. What have you done? The boundary has been torn open. There is nothing to stop me now. A look of terror flashed across Longinus's eyes before he bolted back into the palace, reappearing on a terrace balcony that was able to give a full view of the city. Not knowing what else to do, the Emperor and I quickly followed. What I saw there would haunt me for years to come. The brightness of midday was transformed into the dark of night as thick black clouds rumbled and roared their way across the heavens. With a searing crack of thunder, Fire began to rain from the sky. Flaming rock hurled itself through stone buildings and fleshy bodies, as though Mount Vesuvius were erupting in the middle of town square, the burning wind spreading the fires in every direction. Anyone caught outside without an awning or some kind of cover were killed in an instant. Their skin, black and blistered, roasted like a pig on a spit. I don't know why, but I was suddenly struck with the thought that this must be how they really look in the ghost town of Pompeii, beneath the people's shells of ash. It was in his contemplations that one of the seared corpses began to stand. Looking at the pale man, he began to laugh in the same haunting voice as our <laughs> rotting barbarian. All should be made one under me. 
One by one, the bodies of the dead begin to rise. Their black skin cracked, exposing the red underneath, blood pooling down their limbs with every movement. All of their eyes glowed with the same evil red. As a single unit, the hundreds of the now-risen fallen made their way to various piles of rubble and began to dig. The fires of the buildings lapped at their already damaged bodies, and some lost fingers and even whole hands in their frantic searching. I did not understand their morbid intentions until survivors began to be pulled from the wreckage. Their initial relief turned to abject horror as one by one the monsters, as though a pack of ravenous wolves, tore off and devoured hunks of their flesh. The screams of these people were deafening. Their stillness afterwards was even worse. What is even happening? Longinus, tell me what is happening? This, my dear Empress, is the end of everything. Not just your beloved Roman Empire, but for all life upon this world. When I am finished, there shall be nothing left but my will. And not even the pale man can stop me. As more and more of the dead arose, they began to get stronger and more aggressive, as those were feeding off of each other's energy. I saw a man effortlessly tear another's head from his body. A little girl, no more than six, rip her way through a soldier's chest, pulling his spine out through his armor as though it were nothing. And for each person these creatures killed, they soon have a new soldier to add to their ghoulish ranks. Our army tried to fight them off, but... There's only so much military tactics can do against legions of soldiers who cannot truly die. And through it all, Anjali stood motionless, watching the destruction. There must be some way to stop this monster from destroying all of Rome. Longinus turned to Romulus and then looked at me. He was in a daze. His mouth gaped open as though to speak, but nothing came out. Then he pushed through the both of us and sprinted down to the palace entrance towards what remained of the city. Now where's that fool going? Does he think he can outrace this? We have to follow him. He may be the only chance we have to survive what is happening. And that Romulus and I ran after the pale men through the undead mobs of the city. Most were already occupied with their own agendas of destruction, but some caught sight of us and began to follow. Many were falling apart, so that didn't seem to slow their pursuit. We ended up in the dead center of the city, in front of a large stone tower that had somehow managed to survive all the chaos. Longinus was already there. He held the key and placed it into a small door that 
wasn't there when we arrived. When it opens, the three of us ran frantically inside. We found ourselves in a room, much larger than it should have been. There was a desk and the fireplace and the very soft-looking couch. Where are we, Longinus? This? This is my home, my real home. I've not been here in a very long time. I'd all but forgotten it existed. Longinus, what is going on? Why did you bring us to this place? I didn't bring you here. You followed me. I just let you in. Longinus, is that any way to speak to your emperor? Emperor? Emperor of what? In case it escaped your notice, the whole empire is burning. Its people are being slaughtered and turned into monsters. Longinus, your dreams. The prophecies that kept haunting you at night. You knew this was coming. So you must have some plan against it. So what are you waiting for? That's just it. I don't think I can stop this. I don't even know what this thing is. I've never encountered anything like it before. I do not believe you, Centurion. You would not have spent hundreds of years among us, building up our armies, building up our empire, if you did not have some plan as to stop this. Perhaps one of the gods. If we prayed to Jupiter, he might come to our aid. (laughs) Romulus, believe me, Jupiter would do nothing but get drunk and watch this like you do the gladiator game. This is entertainment to him. No, to stop this creature you need something that can match its power. Something that can control the dead and... Wait. Wait one moment. Yes, yes he might be able to do it, but I'll have to summon him. And there'll be a cost. Him? Who is him? Who do you have to summon? What? Sorry, it's just... The Emperor is right. I may know someone who can stop Croatone, but it's not going to be easy. And it's going to cost us... a lot. Whatever the price, we shall pay it. Then you're willing to do whatever it takes to save Rome? Yes. We must stop this Croatone. Very well. Follow me. I need to gather some items. a small room, empty save for a large stone pine tree planted in its center. Longines pushed a knot within its bark and the door swung open, the entrance to yet another room. The walls were cold slabs of concrete and a small marble table was placed near its center. Longines walked to a cabinet, pulled out a few glass bottles and a wooden bowl and took them back to the table. Lost in his own concentration, the pale man barely acknowledged us as he began to mix together a variety of powders, strange liquids, and what looked like a bay leaf. After a while, the mixture turned dark purple and began to bubble, emitting a sickly sweet aroma, like dead flowers or rotting fruit. Longinus, what is all this? What are you doing? Making a potion. I need it so I can cast a summoning spell. A spell? Are you turning to witchcraft, then? I prefer to think of it as science, but if it makes you more comfortable to think of it in archaic terms, then by all means, call it witchcraft. And what do you intend to do with this potion? 
Summon a being of great power. One I hope will help us. There. Almost done. Just one final ingredient. My Emperor, would you come here a moment? I need your help. What is it you need me to do? I need to know something before I can go any further. Did you really mean it when you said you would do anything to save Rome? I am the Emperor of Rome, Longinus. Its citizens are like my children. I would do anything to save them. Very well. Slash through the Emperor's neck. He dropped to his knees as blood sprayed out onto the table and into the bowl. The pale man's concoction began to bubble as Romulus stared at him in fear and disbelief. Longinus, what? What are you... I'm sorry, but to make this spell work, it required a sacrifice, and uh, you did say that you would do anything to save Rome. Longinus then took the blade and plunged it deep into Romulus's gut. He tried feebly to remove it, but it was no use. Longinus flicked his wrist upward, ripping his weapon out through Romulus's chest, as though cleaning a bore for the spit. He didn't scream. He didn't cry out. Just clutched at his throat and stared at his own innards now lying on the floor. He glanced up at Longinus with a final look of shock and betrayal before collapsing onto the floor. What did you just do? Oh, please don't act all surprised. It's not as if you really loved him. You only married this fool so it could raise your own standing in the court of the Empire. If anything, I've done you a favor. Romulus was not a bad man. A buffoon at times, yes, but... But nothing. feel grateful I chose him for the sacrifice, Empress. I could have just as easily chosen you. I did not know how to respond to Longinus's newfound maliciousness. The coldness of his voice glued me to the spot and made me shiver. It felt almost evil. Mouths agape, I stared horrified at the figure standing over the body of my husband, covered in his blood and holding a knife. I was just about to scream when a blinding flash filled the room. When my eyes were finally able to adjust, I saw a man in a long black robe holding a sight, a sight larger than any I had ever seen. Without acknowledging me at all, he turned to Longinus. Dear me, look at the mess you made of that poor, poor chap. Did you really have to kill him? Would you have come otherwise? Perhaps, if you'd offered me tea and biscuits. But I guess we'll never know now, will we? Longinus is... Is this the person you were talking about? The person you summoned? Oh, please allow me to make introduction. I rarely get to meet new people these days. Well, living people at any rate. Greetings, Empress of Rome. I am known as Death. Death? The great god Pluto has come here? The entity of Death. He's the one who collects the souls of the dead and takes them to their final judgment. Personally, I think robes and a scythe are a bit cliché, don't you think? You're one to talk. What with the toga? Planning to attend a party? <laughs> now then, why have you brought me here, pale man? You're aware of what is happening, I take it. <sighs> Given the number of people who've died, it's hard to ignore. I need help to stop Croatoan. 
Is that what the entity is calling itself? Very well, Pale Man. I'll help you. Really? Just like that? Yes, just like that. I'm surprised. I thought for certain I was going to have to offer you my eternal soul, or at least a nice bottle of wine first. Understand this, Pale Man. Chromatoan comes from outside the Divine One's plan. It threatens the stability of all creation. It must be stopped. I agree. I was surprised the Divine One would allow an entity like this into creation in the first place. Oh, he did not allow the entity to come in. That was you. Me? What do you mean? Through your negligence. It allowed Croatoan away into our reality. Negligence? I have no idea what you're talking about. Ah, uh, I spell everything out for you. Your responsibilities as steward of autumn. Espar? How long has it been? Ages since you last came into your realm. Several hundred years. Or perhaps a millennium. You've dedicated yourself to nothing but guiding and building this empire. Shaping its destiny and ignoring your true calling. But I had to do that. You know what is coming, Death. You know of the darkness. Unless the world comes together in unity, there is no chance of stopping it. The Roman Empire will be that unity. A day will come when mankind and the other races will stand together against the darkness. That may have been your goal, but it shall never come to pass now. Without your guidance, the forces that control the autumn season have run wild. Out of control for centuries. That power has been eroding the boundaries between Earth and the other realms. It became so weakened that something was finally able to break through. Proatoan. Yes, Pale Man. And it came in on a wave of death and destruction. Your dream for Rome has ended. It's gone now. All because of you. Listening to the Byron Chronicles, A Year in the Life, Episode 4, In the Time of Rome. Written by Eric Busby and Mindy Rast Keenan. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Carissa DeWitt as Max, Mindy Rast Keenan as the Mistress, Mark Olson as the Emperor, Philip Weber as Death, Carrie Michael as the Gladiator. Sam A. Mallory as The Soldier, and featuring Kareem C. Cronfley. Music by Kevin McLeod. Byron Theme by Kai Hartwig. Script edited by Rick Myers. This episode was produced and directed by Eric Busby. I'm Darren Marlar. You've been listening to an Eric Busby production. 